Hello, welcome and good morning to the ASEMA Development Podcast. We are going to talk today about remote versus in-office work, and that's going to be kind of exciting. I'm your host, Dave Brady. I've been programming at ASEMA for a little over a year, and I started out on the Atlas Web Dev team, building the website that the merchants use, and now I'm over on the data engineering team, and it's a lot of fun. Today on the panel, we have Eric Martinez. Hello, hello. Eric Martinez, product manager. I've been at ASEMA for one year, and I'm excited to engage in this conversation with you all. Awesome. We also have David Solano. Hey, guys. I've been hearing ASEMA for one year, too. I'm a developer. Right on. David, where are you from? Costa Rica. Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah. Just want everybody to know that we're not all in the middle of Utah. So it's kind of nice. Uh, speaking <laughs> of people that are not in the middle of Utah, we also have today Marcos Yu. Yeah. Uh, hi. I'm a new developer in Asima. Welcome. Where are you from, Marcos? I'm from the Philippines. Awesome. Welcome. We also have Ramses Bateman. Hello. Hello. I am from Utah. Full-time developer for about six months now. Right on. And, you know, if the Philippines and Costa Rica wasn't far enough away, we also have Aniket Tiwari. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm a contract developer, and uh, I'm currently working from India. Right on. Welcome. So we have people from pretty much every time zone. Well, I mean, not literally every time zone. We need 24 people here. But, yeah, we've got pretty good global coverage, which is actually a pretty good introduction to the topic today, which is the benefits and trade-offs to remote work versus in-office work. I kind of want to just kick things off with a question, which is just to ask everybody on the team or everybody here on the panel, uh, what's your opinion? What do you think? Bad idea? Good idea? Well, I mean, in both scenarios, yeah, right now for asking my I work remotely, I think it's just right from my side. I like to be at home working or busy working from a different location. It has its benefits, but I think that it also, sometimes you miss to see people, this kind of networking or contact with others stuck in the, I don't know, in the office. Uh, so I think both sides have its pros and cons. 100% agreed. There is an argument to both, right? Work. Mm -hmm. remotely versus, you know, coming into office. And I think a lot of the, the national conversation regarding this topic it has intensified because of, you know, during the pandemic, you know, obviously working remotely was, was a thing that you, because we couldn't gather. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of uh, benefits came out of that, right? Good and bad, right? You have a segment of the population who probably it took a mental toll working remotely, not being able to connect with their peers at the office, not being able to have those connections with people outside of your home environment. Then you have people who, you know, reported they were more productive, right? And then mm -hmm. they started to see like, hey, I don't have to go to the office. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't have to mm -hmm. get up at 5.30 in the morning, trying to get a Peloton ride, shower, take the kids to school, then drive 20 to 30 minutes to the office and then drive back, right? So it, was, uh, it became more efficient for those individuals. And then you have someone like me 
where so when the pandemic happened i was kind of doing some contract work uh, you know there was a freeze on jobs and when i came to asima it was kind of towards the tail end of pandemic but i think we were still you know kind of starting from a lot of companies had shifted to like completely working remotely and this is where i felt like in order to start a job i think it will be really really hard to start remotely now that's my opinion based on my experience i don't know maybe there are others here on the panel that might share similar feeling for the type of role that i have so i partner with a team of engineers who manage a lot of the financial transactions and all the systems the management all the money right money comes in and out with accounting and a lot of my job for me to be successful is i need to have personal relationships with accounting with, with lots of people that i would have found a little bit hard to do it remotely in a re- in a fully remote environment is there a straight answer like you know i i i think i'm kind of like i'm standing in the middle of the line with one feet on one side and one feet on the other but now that i have built those relationships you know i'm starting to like hey i want to work from home maybe like a hybrid model where i don't have to come into the office as much where i have built those personal relationships that now i can work with individuals remotely right you actually make some really really good points right i love this can you start a job if you're 100% remote we have some people on the team that did not come into the office uh, <laughs> to get started right anika uh david marcos like how did you get started at this gig how did you get started at previous gigs where you were 100% remote have you ever had jobs where you go in for like the beginning and then uh roll out or do you oh wow my boss just joined the podcast welcome zach Hey, how's it going? Are you here to join the podcast? Or are you here to tell me to get back to work? Join the podcast. Oh, Been thank goodness. For a while. Thank goodness. So awesome. Uh, Zach, you are the, uh, what do you do here? Uh, my official title is senior data service manager, managing the data services team. Nice. So that would make me a senior data service? Senior data engineer, I believe. Right. It's just, I mean, you're the senior data service manager. So if I'm a senior engineer, then you don't manage me. Cool. I'm sure you'll set me straight later. Today, we're talking about remote work versus in-office work. And Eric just raised a really good question of, can you be 100% remote? And we've got three people. We've got a Costa Rican, a Filipino, and an Indian on the podcast today. And those are all, you know, 10-hour flights or more. Wanted to throw out to you guys, uh, the V Marcos Aniket. What is it like getting started in a job where you're 100% remote? Uh, maybe I could share my experience like sure. uh, around 2015. Uh, so this is not actually my first time uh, working remotely. So I was under working on a UK client. So it's the time zone that I work, work with is very different. So that was, that was a very uh, different experience for me. Uh, for some. So this happened way, way before the pandemic. So I was pretty happy back then. Uh, the productivity surge uh, because I don't need to commute and stuff. And also, I feel that I'm accomplishing many things on a day-to-day basis because I feel that I could work like six hours straight uh, rather than in the office that I need to consider the traffic to go home uh, to my family. So yeah, everything was good. Uh, but then uh, it was also my worst ex- working experience. That's when I uh, learned the importance of communication, uh, especially with working remotely. While working in the company, there was no feedback loop uh, in terms of the work quality that I've been delivering and stuff. 
in my head at that time during those two years uh, that I've been doing great. I've been contributing well because I have this bunch of code that I've been pushing on our code base and it gets deployed. Then one day it, they told me that they're gonna stop working with me because the project is almost ending and stuff. So I was the first one to have been let go. I can understand that situation back then that it's kind of like a project basis and stuff. While looking for a job at that stage, that's when I noticed that my skills haven't grown for that two years. Uh, maybe because I could factor in like the lack of communication with my teammates also. You're not able to check the code quality that you're delivering and stuff. I would agree with the sentiment earlier that it works both ways. Yeah, you've mm-hmm. been productive and stuff. Still, you need to communicate with your client and your peers. That's one of the most important points because uh, that will show you where you are currently. And if not, you might get lost working alone by yourself. When I started working as a developer, I didn't have work from home. So I needed to travel two hours from my house to work. And from time to time, I could ask like, hey, can I work from home this day? I need maybe to go to the doctor at the end of the day. And it's easy for me to go after job and be here in house. So then I switched to another place and I go two days. And that was a big change for me. I could rest a little bit longer. I could still network with the guys, with, with my partners, and that was great. Then I switched to another place, and I was in a project where they were not used to have work-from-home people, but I was completely remote because I was here in Costa Rica, and this client and this project was from, from the U.S. So it was extremely hard because they were not used to have like tools to communicate better. Slack was something that they were barely using. And even though you tried to communicate with them, the team was not like in, in that way of facilitating everything for, for the remote guys. And I was not the only one. So it came to one point when they decided that they couldn't work with people working remotely. So they started just to finishing contracts because it was not working for them. Then I switched to another one where remote work was a thing. No one was at the office. Actually, there was no office. And it's pretty funny because they encourage communication. That just, it's easy for, for everyone. And then I joined here to Asima. And I think it's kind of both scenarios when you can go to the office, right? And people love to go to the office. But for us that are working remotely from actually a totally different country is just awesome because uh, here in Asima, the communication is just great. You have questions, you ask and you get answers. Uh, you have problems mm-hmm. with the things that you are doing. You can pair program with your coworkers and that's just great because everyone here is willing to help you. So I think just, this is just amazing. For me, this has been the, the best experience of all time working remotely because I think Asima is just prepared for remote work. I love how you talked about the existence of communication channels. I had forgotten this, but you're absolutely right. I've I've had that experience where eight of the people on the team were in the office and two of us were remote and we absolutely got starved for information because the team that was in the office, all their communication channels were implicit, locally convenient channels, right? It's like they would go stand by each other's desk or they would go hang out at the ping pong table or, you know, play foosball or whatever, or they would go eat in the lunchroom together. 
And if you're outside, it's really hard to force your way into that communication circle. And it's actually seen as like an, an annoyance or an intrusion. <laughs> there was a team that I was on and we had really good remote communication. And so like at one point we actually started doing telepresence where I would literally come in in the morning. I would jump into like a, it wasn't Skype, but you know, it was before Zoom existed. So it was, but one of those, you know, get on and do a video call. And in the office, they had a spare machine so they could just turn that machine on, put my face on that screen, and then they could carry me around like a little disembodied head around the office, right? It sounds really cool, but in practice, it's kind of, eh, it, it wasn't great. All the people that are like, this is not a good idea, they turned out to be right. But the hallmark worst moment with that came when a couple of people on my team went to do a special side project with another local team that was entirely local. And I wanted to join with as well. So I'm like, cool, yeah. So I had them take the telepresence laptop into the conference room where this other team was working. And they set me down at the end of the table, facing down the table, and it was pretty good. And immediately, nobody talked to me because, you know, the laptop, the sound isn't that great. And I'm getting 12 people's audio, you know, slamming into me and that sort of thing. And... I kind of got quiet and I just started listening to everybody and they started ignoring me. And at one point, somebody bumped the laptop and turned it like 90 degrees, 120 degrees. So I'm staring into a wall and I'm like, uh, guys, hey, guys, um, hello, <laughs> can somebody turn me around? And nobody either nobody could hear me or nobody cared. And like after... 10 minutes of waiting to see if somebody would notice that my laptop was turned around and nobody doing it. I'm finally like, eh, fine, I'll just drop out. And I ended up not doing the rest of that special team project because I literally could not force my way into the communication channel. I was uh, in that position a long time ago. Same scenario. It was a webcam. The whole team was in the office. I was remote. And if you talk to them, they were not paying attention. So I decided that I'd drop mm -hmm. off. And no one even noticed. <laughs> yeah, that was the same experience I had. I dropped out of the thing and I had to go find somebody and tell them, hey, you might want to get the telepresence laptop out of the conference room. And they're like, oh, is it still there? I'm like, yeah, it's still there. <laughs> it's still pointed at the wall. Yeah. And I think in the other scenario where they don't have like this webcam um, with the laptop and all that, um, but they just have the speaker. Oh, like a conference call. Yeah. Right. And. It's fun because uh, sometimes if there's someone who who is able to facilitate how the conversation is going, so it's easy for the, the one that is remote. And I actually like that. But he asks questions. Like, hey, David, what do you think about this? And so everyone listens. Everyone keeps silence and listens to what you have to say. And this uh, enables you like to participate in the you know in the meeting that that's happening right now. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it depends on how the team is behaving at that moment. If there's someone who facilitates that kind of communication too. Yeah. You've touched on an, on an idea that I've tried to communicate for a while now about remote work, which is that for remote workers, there's no communication channel for, I call them priority four communications, right? So like priority three work is work that you know it's in the backlog and you do it when you can get to it priority two work is work that's at the top of the backlog and you need to work on that right away 
and then you know like priority one is stuff where they're like don't go home until this is done right it's like we we have to have this you know in place by tomorrow there's also priority zero which is don't go to the bathroom until this works right you know the server's down and we're losing a hundred thousand dollars a minute you don't have time to go potty but priority four is communication that is not strictly necessary. Like if somebody came in and said, hey, keep it down and get back to work, you would probably be having priority for communication. And, and, to, and to be clear, I'm not talking about like socialization or like, you know, talking about the ball game last night or any of that. I'm talking about actual work discussions. I'm talking about the thing where somebody sits down and says, so how come we don't use SQL Server, you know, instead of this other data lake product? And the other person in the room can go, mm, yeah, the CFO hates SQL Server. That's that's not going to be in the prospectus for the company. That's not an official doctrine. That's not something somebody wants to commit to in an email to tell you, but it is nonetheless a guiding factor for the entire company, right? So if you're like a if you're like a database guy and you really, really love SQL Server, then you need to be aware that you know it's never going to fly here you're going to have to do this and that's a what i call a, pr a priority for communication and what i've noticed is that oh the, the other way you can define a p4 is it's something that if you had a question you would never write an email to your team starting with what do you think is the best way to you you would never write this email right it's like what do you guys think is the best way to store data what do you guys think is the best web framework right the company already has a web framework we already have a, a data storage solution we already have you know networking vendors but these are communications that as a team you need to have and what you said was really really important david that if there's a facilitator on the call to say, David, what do you think about this? They can drive a wedge into the conversation and create space for you to float into the conversation. But it's really hard without that facilitator. There's almost no way for you to engage in P4s. Nobody's going to sit down and say, oh, by the way, everybody knows that the CFO hates SQL Server, right? Like nobody's going to start that conversation with you. But it's important conversation. These are things that I call the lore of a project, the lore of a team or the lore of a company, things that are not written down anywhere. And they're not like official records, but nonetheless, they are very strong guiding rules to how the company is run. And I don't have a solution for that yet. But I think as we see more and more teams move to 100% remote, I think we're going to have to tackle this. I think we're going to have to find ways to get people rubbing elbows virtually, if not physically so that these communications can take place because I think they're actually pretty important. I kind of like what like Atlas team does in, before their meeting. There was they set a they, they set a time uh, in the beginning of a meeting wherein uh, people could talk anything uh, about anything under the sun. Let's say so that's something mm -hmm. that might come up or something that someone could share. I like that. I've walked in on many conversations on the Atlas team and people have been in there early and people are talking about their kids. They're talking about their hobbies. They're talking about what they did over the weekend. And that's a lot of fun to walk in on that and to basically have human beings that I'm hanging out with that I don't have to get anything done with. And that it's, it's really nice. There's a, oh, don't quote me on this. They call it the frog mechanic. If you need to communicate with somebody socially and you're socially awkward, like I am. So, I mean, I literally had to Google like how to make small talk with people. And the acronym that they give is FROG, F-R-O-G. If you can't think of anything to talk, make small talk about, use the FROG acronym. You talk about their, their family, their recreation, their, uh, I can't remember what O is, occupation, which I mean with, with coworkers is obviously. 
and I can't remember what G is goals. Maybe uh, I can't remember. Um, but these are like safe topics that you can bring up with pretty much any stranger, like at a cocktail party or, you know, the equivalent. Yeah. Walking in on a conversation where they're talking about frog is awesome because you know that you can jump in and be part of the team and discuss Eric and, Ooh, and Eddie Lopez has joined the call. Welcome Eddie. I see um, some hands up on the call. Yeah. So I am, uh, I'm happy to hear that those conversations are happening with engineers, especially on the Atlas team. And I'm not surprised that those conversations are happening there. Uh, you know, obviously I work with the funding fathers team, you know, when I first started working with them, that team, this is how I describe those guys. They will never kill a fly, but they're very intimidating <laughs> at the same time. Very smart individuals, very straight to the point, very senior developers. And I do remember those first conversations that were kind of awkward, you know, I was trying to figure out the balance between like, all right, here are things that we need to focus on. Here are things that, you know, I'm looking at you guys for directions. But but going back to the point to, you know, working remotely versus working from office. So two members of that team are local here. And, and, you know, I, I remember having conversations outside of work, topic-related things, helped build report, and then eventually build some trust in terms of projects, right, uh, when we worked mm-hmm. on projects. We have another team member who's based in Texas. One thing about me that I, I think some of you guys, and I love to travel, and I, can, I, I like to find any excuse to go any place from going to Penguin, Utah, to like Russia, <laughs> any excuse that I, that I, that I can find to, to go somewhere. So Tyler Hall, and I think a lot of you guys know, he prepared for a year mentally, physically to do, M- what was it, uh, uh, MMA fighting, right? And I went to uh, a pretty cool story, uh, how he started and how he, you know, his journey of preparation. So I went to, to his fight. And even though I've only met Tyler once when I went to the fight, personally, I feel like we have built a long time relationship if our professional careers takes us to different places, right? Um, yeah. Same with Adrian, Jordan, uh, Matthew is in Virginia. And during our meetings, we do set some time to kind of shoot the breeze a little bit, right? Because that replaces something that happens naturally at an office workspace, right? Earlier, you mentioned, you know, the cooler, uh, water cooler, right? You have those small conversations Mm -hmm. that really do have an impact on work relationships, on personal relationships that are missing when you start fully working remotely. So so I'm kind of happy that Marcus and, and David and you guys have found ways to kind of replace that in, in a remote environment, right? To continue to have those connections, even though we're not physically present in a room, because I think mm-hmm. that is a uh, that is one of the many factors that makes a successful team, right? Anyway, so. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, this is something that's been on my mind for the past few months. And uh, this question is more catered to people that have experience in working remote and in office. The question is like, how would you compare a seamless productivity since the company embraces remote work? Is a SEMA more or less productive in comparison to other companies that you work for that don't allow remote work? I feel like uh, Asima has been, in my experience, one of the companies that has been, we are more efficient. What, David, what would you say the percentage of all engineers that Asima employs are remote? Uh, 
on the Apple's team, it's close to 100%. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, it's going to be pretty high. because it's, it's pretty high. <laughs> Zach, are we on the data team? Are we 100% remote? I mean, I, I know you go into the office about one day a week. I, about every other week or every third week, will come in for a day. We're mostly remote. Kenton likes to be in office, so he's probably in office most. That's an interesting take, though, right? It's 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 like yeah. we're not requiring people to come in, but we have desks with computers and and comfy chairs and you know stand you know sit stand electric desks, so that if you do come in, you've got a nice place to sit and work. It's it's not like you have to come in and sit on a folding chair in a conference room and hate the the environment. The environment, yeah. Going back to to you, Eddie. Which, by the way, I, I miss seeing your face in the office. Whenever you come to the office. It brightens my day. Oh, I, <laughs> I would say that, uh, yes, in my experience, we are a pretty well-oiled machine, if you will, if you allow me to use that metaphor. We get things done, right? We don't have to be all cramming one room office space to get things done. And I think we have proven that. Uh, I mean, the Atlas, certainly. I mean, Atlas, how many engineers do you guys have? 20, 25? I lost count. They're a pretty big team, and they are a very team that you know that without that team we we wouldn't have a SEMA. And, and of course, not to diss on other teams, right? They, they, they are all all of the teams that we have are are very integral to the success of a SEMA. And I think our success is because of you guys, uh, engineering. We're very efficient. Now, that is my experience, Eddie, I, from other companies that I that I have worked with, and I wouldn't necessarily say is the the environment, whether you're working remotely or from home. I also think there is the people that work for ASEMA are very uh, good at what they do. And they're very competent individuals. That's also a key aspect that makes this company efficient and successful. I have a question that I want to throw out. I want to kind of address the billionaire elephant in the room, which is a couple of months ago, Elon Musk bought Twitter. He made the news last week by going and addressing the employees of Twitter and saying, you need to get back to the office. And a lot of people were saying, why? I'm more productive at home. I can write a line of code. And then if my kid wants to walk around the block, I can go do that with my kid. I can't do that when I'm at the office. Elon's response was that he phrased it very interestingly. He said, you need to have, I'm not quoting, but he said something along the lines of, you need to have a mindset of collaborating for innovation and he definitely phrased it in a way that he was basically, I think, addressing this kind of communication scarcity that happens with the remote, that if we if we don't have people together in the same room, we we miss out on the kind of that that breeder reactor reaction of having everybody in close proximity where they can bounce ideas off of each other at an increasingly high frequency. And he phrased this very in like in very strong terms that like as your employer, I don't get that benefit if you're not in the office. And I'm very curious to see, especially it's just a control freak. That's all it is. Yeah. I mean, that's all it is. (laughs) There's I've worked with a couple of, that's where I was going to go next. I've I've worked for a couple of CEOs that didn't like remote work and they both used the word vibe. They're like, Oh, I like the vibe when people are in the office. I'm like, you know, that's, that's translation for, I like to control you and, making people come into the office that you know it's like where are we in kindergarten do we not have that trust do we not have that trust and and our people and i think this is this is something that culture here right you are given Mm -hmm. 
there is trust all around and you guys are engineers with, you know, and, and product, we were able to deliver things uh, and we're able to ideate from people who work remotely. We're able to do things. And I, I, I just think Elon Musk was, you know, it's just a control break. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I could, argue, I could also argue with that statement. Uh, so mm-hmm. let's say we have the scenario, right? There are people in the office, but they're all looking at their computers. Uh, doing each of their own stuff, and mm-hmm. let's say they're doing it also on like remotely. So we could probably say that they have no interaction uh, altogether, right? So working remotely and working like in a office doesn't have any difference at all, right? Uh, so it boils down to the people and the culture that the company has. Uh, so it's not about like the physical uh, interaction. I mean, uh, this this part's like my personal opinion. It was done to people rather than people and culture of the company rather than the like physical presence or the mm-hmm. setup of your company or working remotely or working in the office. Yeah. As you were saying that, I realized that there's a communication channel that is present or not a communication. I'm going to say communication channel, but what I mean is like, it's almost like a nebulous, like a psychological, we all have Slack. We all have, you know, instant messenger. We all have video calls, but we made a conscious decision and we set an example on the Atlas team to say, we're going to ask really dumb, low priority questions or, you know, questions that are, that you might, might think twice about asking, like you might consider, Oh, this question is noise. And on the Atlas team, we ask those and they get answered and it's like super beneficial. And the key example that I have cited over the years, and this is purely anecdotal from my experience. I love remote work, but I, I I step back and I say, well, are there advantages to working in the office? And I've had the experience of working with a pair programmer and we're talking about, you know, okay, we got to run this. We got to get this test working. And all of a sudden the database goes away, stops working. And we're like, wait a minute, why, why, why can't we connect to the database anymore? What something in connection pool? Why, wait, we don't, we don't use a connection pool. And because I'm talking with my pair and I'm talking with them out loud, the pair programming team sitting right next to us heard us and turned and said, Oh, you guys, we just pushed up a connection pooling thing. You just need to, you know, pull and synchronize. And then you just need to touch this file and you'll be good to go. We immediately got up and running and that could have sidelined if we were remote and none of that was overheard that could have sidelined us for a long time. And I've had that experience as well, where I've been sidelined by something nitpicky and stupid that somebody did and then didn't tell everybody else on the team. I think Atlas has done a really good job of addressing that by having uh, one of the team channels be a place where it's absolutely that we we have like a company wide channel for our team where anybody can come and go that wants to have an interaction with our team. But the Atlas team in particular had a private engineering channel that uh, they could go into. And that was a place where you could just go, oh my gosh, I'm getting this error message. Does anybody know anything about this? And you get that kind of that same feedback where another person on the team will say, oh yeah, I did that to you. Sorry. The nice thing is that they will usually follow that with a link in the Slack channel to the conversation that they kicked off, you know, four hours ago or, you know, in the middle of the night last night or, you know, two days ago, depending on how long you've been out of sync with the repo, they'll come back and say, uh, here's the conversation where I said, this, these are the steps that you need to do to correct this. That's something you can't do with a water cooler is you can't uh, be in the middle of a conversation with somebody and then hand somebody a link to the conversation that was had at the water cooler three days ago. That's kind of a fun sidebar. 
there are some efficiencies that you can leverage of remote work that I think we we address the entire conversation around is remote work good enough to replace office work? And I think we we overlook some things that remote work is very, very good at and very specially adapted to. So that's kind of a, a side tangent. But. Yeah, and to add on that, I think we encounter this many times. Like uh, there are some devs that ask a question, then there is someone that's gonna reply to, a, to that thread and he said that, yes, I've been encountering that for many days, something. And then there's gonna be another dev which, oh, uh, this was introduced this some time ago. So if you could see that there's an individuality of a developer that uh, they do not tend to ask questions because not or not all developers are equal, right? Uh, so some ask questions, some mm-hmm. don't. So they tend to like just adjust <laughs> to that scenario without asking. So because of that channel, they could surface their question or they could say that, yeah, I, I also experienced that. So now that mm-hmm. not, now that there's a commonality with that, uh, we could actually address that since it's a, it's a common problem for all. So that's one thing uh, that I noticed very differently on other companies and here in Asima is that collaboration is really priority. Yeah, everybody has a ticket, right? Everybody's busy, yeah. but everyone always like checks the message and see, oh, someone's having trouble. Then if they knew or uh, something came up to mind, they're not afraid to like just chat it there. So that encourages yeah. you also to ask questions rather than keep it to yourself. That's awesome. Thank you. I think there might still be some meat on this bone to talk through, but we're coming up close on our hour here for record time. I, do we have any any parting shots? Any any closing thoughts? I'm assuming everyone in the room is pro versus against remote work. Any other shots? I think this has been a great conversation. I just wanted to finish with something that just comes to my mind. If you're working remotely, remember that you also need to be open to feedback. I think it's just, that's important in order to grow up there and to kind of find the way and the standard of the team. That's something you have to keep in mind. Yeah. That's a nice circling comment to what you said at the top of the call where the necessary feedback was lacking, right? That you have to go. What I'm saying is if you're remote, you have to go after that feedback sometimes. The, the people that will just click, oh, well, if I don't talk about it, maybe the problem will go away. And maybe you, people will forget you if you don't chase that yeah. feedback. <laughs> yeah. And that feedback can be essential to keeping your job, right? So you can accidentally let some information go by that you absolutely need. And if you were in the office, you would just pick it up and absorb it because it's in kind of in the air. And if you're remote, you have to go digging for it sometimes. I have a question for those who prefer to go in the office or aren't opposed to. How can you be productive when it's really easy to reach over someone's shoulder and start a conversation? I don't know about you guys, but like everyone at the SEMA is really nice and it's really easy to start a conversation. I'll go on record and say, if I'm in the office... <laughs> It's hard to get more work done as opposed to when I'm at home. Yeah, that's, that's a really fair point. We've been talking about like the communication channels purely from the the viewpoint of like communication carries sideband information and it's really, really valuable. And we lose that when we're remote. But the advantage of being remote is that you lose that communication channel. That communication channel doesn't come find you and distract you, right? Having peace and quiet and time to think kind of nice working remote. Yeah, being secluded, for me anyways, I can be more productive. Mm-hmm. But I'm just curious to gauge other people's opinion. I think someone in the back, right, uh, asking someone in the office for some help. So that actually like uh, requires timing also on the 
like let's say what if the person is busy uh so that's one thing that i encounter uh most of the time on the office when i was uh working in the office so that actually uh sometimes discourage you to ask some question uh mm-hmm. so what what i typically does is even though i'm in the office i just leave him a message if i if that person is known to be like the busy guy uh, because there's always that busy guy that always stares at his computer uh so i just leave him a message so that kind of works uh, the same way uh, with uh, working remotely, right? Uh, you could leave message on the people and let them take their time to do the stuff that they, they need and just wait for them yeah. to reply. Yeah, that's actually a really good point that when you are in the office, it's very, very easy to have highly urgent conversation, not necessarily important conversation, but urgent conversation. And when you are remote, it's much more easier to have asynchronous communication where you fire something off and then you wait for a little while to get back. And when you're remote, you can kind of get a little hamstrung where if like you if you like, hey, I need help with this because you're down, right? It's like your machine isn't working or you, you you can't write software today because until this gets fixed. You don't want to be in an asynchronous situation. You don't want to just like, oh, by the way, if anybody sees this, you know, sometime today or tomorrow, could you maybe get around? To it? No, it's like you need help right now, right? It's it, it, so it's kind of like urgent. One of the things that I have lamented this multiple times in the past, but one of the things you can't do when you're remote is you can't go stand at somebody's desk and just be silent and awkward until they give you what you want. That I love that about working in the office is just being awkward at your desk until you make me go away. And you can make me go away by giving me what I want, which is nice. And um, it's more efficient. <laughs> yeah. No, like, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you this because it brings up a pretty interesting point that we ran into a few weeks ago in the QA team where we were like, hey, should we update our laptops? Is it safe to update? In our, and like, we never got mm-hmm. a concrete answer from IT. And I want to bring Jolt in. I'm sorry, Jolt, if you hear this. Like, hello. But he's the only one really on the team who prefers to work in office like in an office setting. Mm-hmm. So we just like messaged him. I'm like, hey, can you like go bug IT really quick and just ask them a direct answer? Like, this mm-hmm. would be nice to have. And he's like, yeah, sure. Give me like five minutes. And so like, he's like AFK. And then he comes back like five, 10 minutes later. And then he's just like, oh, I have an answer. This is what it is. And I'm just like, well, that was fast, right? <laughs> so like, you can be more efficient, I guess. And you can get your answers quicker. Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. if you're in the office yeah it's important to remember that when the shoe is on the other foot it's the exact opposite right it's like like you just said it's nice when you're remote to have that solitude and get your head down and get some work done and you can't do that if david brady is standing at your desk being awkward waiting for you to babysit him right it's like i got to get work done too man it's an interesting balance and that was that's what i would say is it's a balance sometimes you gotta you gotta lean hard to one side versus the other so there's a quick story I wanted to share from my from my last company of how we got yeah like limited the the hovering over the desk, especially for questions. And I think all of us as developers have done this before where you go and ask a question and as you're talking through it, the answer just pops in your head and you didn't mm-hmm. actually need to take somebody else's time. Um mm-hmm. So we were on a project that was just a big time crunch and our VP of data science actually brought in, it's like a six foot stuffed bear with a, <laughs> mm-hmm. with a jazz jersey and a hat. And he set him in a chair at one of the desks at the beginning of our aisle. And before somebody was allowed to actually come talk to us, I had to talk it through with the bear to see if they got their solution from that nice. or not. I mean, it limited the distractions, right? And we were able to get the project out in time. Half because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't want to go sit and talk to a stuffed bear. Yeah. And then the other half just basically 
they figured it out on their own talking to the stuffed bear. Yeah. I've uh, heard that referred ducking. to as teddy bear debugging or yeah, or rubber ducking or teddy bear debugging. Yeah. Uh, yep, rubber ducking. Yep. And yeah, it's like by the time you serialize a problem in your brain to be able to stream it out as words, that's usually enough to reframe the problem in your head. Not usually. There's a, there's a fair amount where that's enough to solve. Yeah. You said it already. I'll, I'll just, I'll shut up. But on the flip side of that, I think that when you work remote, it's more conscious effort to reach out to somebody than to turn your head and say, hey, right? Um, or yeah. just like walk three feet away, five feet away. Um, and so I think a lot of people actually kind of do that internally when they're remote. Zach, I'll, mm -hmm. I'd argue that maybe there's been times where you'd start to type a message to someone because you can't figure it out. In the middle of typing that out, you're like, oh, yeah, that's the answer. It's kind of like a similar concept. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It happened most of the time. Yep. I just noticed <laughs> that since we've gone remote, like when I get questions, they're like hard issues, right? It's not like, mm -hmm. um, I mean, some of the time it's something that I just know because of my experience here, but a, a lot of the time it's something where I'm like just researching with one of the team members on how to get past it. Yeah. That is awesome. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming out today. David, Marcos, Diane, you're still here. Zach's still here. Eddie's still here. Thanks for coming out today. This is a fun chat.